Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at TeachHoops.com. For coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged, episode 279. Today we're going to talk to a teachhoops.com member, which could be you if you join. Um, but before we get to that, I'd like to do a big shout out to Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine, in my opinion, on the market. Um, it's not only versatile, it's not only easy to take up and down um, the technology, but it's durable. <laughs> I think I've got, I've had one chugging away for 10 plus years. So go over and check them out. Mention Coach Unplugged and you'll get $300 off your next purchase. Second thing is go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Be, be like the member that's asking me the questions today. Get one-on-one calls, office hours, help mentoring. I mean, especially in the middle of January with tournament right around the corner. I can't imagine a better time to go and, uh, and join our community. Um, so today we're going to go talk to a T-Troops member. We're going to talk about youth basketball, practice planning, and a whole bunch of other things. So enjoy. Cool. Good. How are you doing? I'm not bad. How are you? I'm all right. It's a little cold. You know, <laughs> mosquitoes are all good. It's not bad here in Ohio. Yeah, the mosquitoes are gone. So that we had we had some flooding. So it was pretty bad there for about three weeks. But it's better now. So yeah, Ohio is like, I have, I have a sister-in-law that lives in Columbus. So, you know, it's definitely milder there than it is here. I was just there last week in Columbus. Oh, you were? Yeah, she loves it. So, um, yeah, they get snow and they like call, they, everyone panics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we get snow and it's like, oh, it's just normal. <laughs> All right, questions? Um, a lot of them. Okay. So, I was reading one of your first things I have. I was reading one of your newsletters. Okay. And it said something that John Wooden said about, showing the team the big picture and then working towards the smaller parts and then bringing it all together. I was wondering if you could explain that. Yep. So uh, at least in our program, ever since, you know, maybe not my first year, but we always talk, it's like training for an Ironman. 
you, you basically the end goal is to finish the Ironman unless you're like a professional Ironman person. So if the, the, the first thing that we always talk about is winning conference, winning regional sectionals, winning state. So we always talk about that. I know a lot of people don't, but I did steal that from John Wooden in the sense that you have to talk about that big thing. Cause that's what you want to do. You know, you want to finish the Ironman, you want to finish the marathon, you want to finish whatever you're doing. Cause I think you got to put that, put that in their minds, even if you know, it's probably not a possibility for a while. And then you go back and you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time kind of thing? You know, you got to go back and say, okay, now what do we need to be able to do that? Well, we need to be better offensively. We need to be able to shoot ball better. So that's what I think that's what he was referring to. That's at least what I I've, I've always taken from it is, you know, you got to, you got to talk about and, set that everybody wants to win everybody says they want to win conference or do that but then how do you go about doing it that's what like our program when we started hadn't had winning season in like 50 years whatever like four winning Mm -hmm. seasons in 50 years so me even talking about it wasn't something that you should do but it's like oh well this is where we want to go how do we get how are we going to get there and then it's like all right then all these little pieces have to come into play um because I know a lot of people say don't talk about that stuff. I, I think that's the wrong thing. Okay. Uh, you want to talk about it, and then you want to get everybody that's invested in it, like, how can we do this? So you got to get the kids, you got to get the parents, you got to get the, you know, the community, all that stuff, just as invested as you, like, well, this is what we want to do, and how are we going to get there? Um, you know, the youth program, all that kind of stuff goes into it for sure. <clears throat> all right. Now, maybe this will help for later on. I mean, it- give you a little background on me. Okay. So I'm only 21 years old. I right out of high school, I go to a college pretty much right down the road. It's a branch of Bowling Green in Ohio. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of Bowling Green, but I have. that's where I'm going for education. Okay. And so right out of high school, I helped with the youth basketball program. And I pretty much stayed with this class in fifth grade, then the sixth grade. And then last year in the seventh grade. Okay. And now I'm, now I'm getting this year's income in seventh graders. And I also help with middle school football, yep. middle school track, try to get some money to go through college. But yep. I mean, when it's all said and done, I want to focus on basketball for sure. Okay. And in fifth and sixth grade, we won. It was different because we had 16 kids out and we had to play everybody equally. And I mean, we had that class that we had five, six good ball players. Right. But when you can only get one or two on the court at the same time, I mean, we just struggled. Oh, we've all been there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then last year in seventh grade, we actually made it to the championship game. We lost in the championship game. Okay. And for most of the season we were without, I mean, our best player, he was either hurt or ineligible for most of the season. Okay. And so this year my team is very, or I shouldn't say very, but much more well-rounded, very deep. I mean, there's probably, I think in about 10 players are going to go out and all 10 of them can play. Okay. And we're going to be long, can shoot fairly well, I'd say, for a middle school team. And we're a small school. I mean, yep. we, each class has about 40 kids. I know you said you guys have a 2,000 yeah. high school. That's, <laughs> we're one of, we're in, division-wise, we're in the smallest division for every sport right. in Ohio. So everybody needs to play everything is in those smaller schools, basically, is the way it has to work. Yeah. yeah, and for the most part, I mean, these kids, like I have several of them in football right now. Right. So I'm getting to build a little bit of a relationship with some of them. And then even in the summer we had open gym sort of things, but it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't open gym style. Like it was, it was more player development. Right. And so 
usually about I got about seven or eight each night for that, and that was good because the kids are they love basketball. Right. So is this something that you think that moving on after they leave you that they can go? Are they all going to go to the same high school? Yeah, they and should can, all. They yeah. And can can they can they can they make a run at this thing? Can they be really good for a yeah, small division in Ohio? Yeah, they can be. We've our our school hasn't made it to the state championship, or not. We've never made it to state championship for basketball, but we made it to the final four in '96, and we've made it to districts and regionals like three or four times probably since then. But okay. we we're usually at least in the district tournament. Okay. Now, like my, my senior year, we were we were bad. I was the only senior that went out, and there were three freshmen starting alongside me. So it was a little bit of a rebuilding stage. Right. But right. Like the last two years, when those kids have come up and now they're upperclassmen, they've made it to districts. I expect them to make a good run this year. Right. And I think I I mean everything I've everything I've experienced or talked to, I think with especially with the smaller programs, it's all about skill development. I was just at a mm-hmm. clinic last weekend in Atlanta and some of these some of these coaches that it's like they're coaching both boys and girls and they're in tiny schools and, and, and basically it's hard for them to get the competition in the games thing. So the the way you neutralize that is you just become fundamental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you out execute people. And um, that's that's I still struggle with it a little bit, but I definitely struggled with it the my first two years. I feel like I've gotten better. I've researched. I've went to, I've went to a camp or two. But I mean, I just that's that's one of the things I want to talk about is yeah skill development because in practice planning especially. Okay. Yep. So how long do you get and how many days a week? Once the season starts, which is should be the end of October, beginning of November. Okay. I mean, we have practices every day of the week besides Sunday. Sometimes we give them Saturdays off. Okay. Usually I'd say usually five days. Okay. And then how long? Uh, we start out the year going two hours and then we'll dwindle it down once okay. games start. Get so you, later can get a lot done. you can get a lot done at that yeah. age level. That's a lot. Yeah. And in the summer, it's the same rules as our high school. We were, we're allowed 10 coaching days. And so I, I had, I think it was eight open gym slash practices at whatever you want to call it. And we, I feel like we got a lot accomplished. Those were each an hour and a half. I just wanted the kids to come in, get a basketball in their hand, and right, get to know yeah. them a little more. Because I summer is an interesting cookie in the sense that you really, you know, like I've said before, it's about building relationships and it's about skill work. Anything more mm-hmm. than that's icing on the cake. Yeah, um, I remember there was one podcast you said that you're not going to win or lose a game in July. <laughs> and it- you're not. You're really not. People think they are, and it's like. First of all, I think as a coach, it's better to you got to turn the switch off some too, or you're just you're gonna like keel over. Um, so, all right. So, let what, what do you want to talk about? Practice planning, or do you want to talk about? Because that's I mean, we can do whatever you want to talk about. Okay, practice planning. I last year having them for every day. Yep. Hours. I went through like the days and I marked out like what I wanted to teach them. But I just feel like when it comes to individual practices, I struggle coming up with a plan, like a, like a lesson plan per se. Yeah. And that's the way you got to treat it. It's got to be a lesson plan. So the hard part is um, I'm, I'm assuming you're keeping all these after you do them. Yeah. Like in a binder or something. Okay. So what I would do is I would try to map out two or three days in advance. This is what I've always, this is the easiest way I've found. If you go more than two or three days, there's too much. I mean, I don't even do that with my teaching. It's like 
you can all, I mean, I, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. It's Sunday. So I know what I'm doing Monday. I know what I'm doing Tuesday and I kind of know what I'm doing Thursday, but Thursday or Wednesday, but Wednesday might change depending on how Monday and Tuesday go. So, um, I think what you need to do is start, start, you need to do a couple things. You need to start list of like different drills you want to do for different things. Um, because that's what I, I have like a buy. I don't I have one binder in my behind me, but basically I have binders of different things or drills. Like if I want to work on ball handling, I, I have, you know, these 50 drills that I like to do, or if I want to work on shooting, I have these drills I like to do. And then what you're basically doing is pulling on those specific things. Um, but the, but the bigger question is what do you think you're better at? And what do you need to work at? Um, as far as practice goes, because you can't do two hours of steady practice. At least I have not found that to be successful. I think what you have to do is, you know, kind of break it up into segments, kind of like quarters <laughs> um, mm -hmm. is always the way I've done it. You know, we'll have a pre-practice is like our warm up, and then we'll break things up into quarters, even though we play halves now. So here's what we're going to do first quarter. Here's what we're going to do second quarter. Here's what we're going to do third quarter. Here's what we're going to do fourth quarter. And then we have some sort of summary thing at the end, just like me talking to him at a game. So it's basically six different segments that I always think about. Um, you know, one in some days, in I need to work on both. I need to work on both, um, all, just offense in the first half or something. So you got to kind of break it down into a game. Um, but you're going to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. How many games do you play? Sixteen, and then. If you make it all the way in the tournament, it's three extra. Okay, so 16, and when do you start? Um, I'm pretty sure it's like first – it's either the last weekend in October uh, – no, it's the first weekend in December. Okay, that's when you end? No, that's our first game. Our first game. So you start in October and you go all the way to November until you, you don't play until November? We'll start either the last weekend – it's it's funny, it's whatever – I don't have our practice schedule yet but, right, it's but you got a good month before you play yeah oh yeah you <laughs> so you got to even be more creative than because you got to keep their interest too mm -hmm. um, <laughs> okay so yeah so i would almost plan it like two weeks and have an inner do you have an, yeah, and then I'd, I'd have an inner squad or i do something where well we, we for example last year we scrimmaged another catholic school okay from the area yep and we we have plenty of there's usually at least one practice, if not more, where we go with the eighth grade. Okay. Okay. So you're getting stuff in that yep. you can know what you need to break on. And then, then you're done by the end of December? No, the tournament is usually, I think, I want to say February. February. So, I mean, it's a – It's a long season. Played. Yeah. Okay. It goes by quickly, though. It does. It, it does. It does. So I, 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 think, I think the segment thing will be really good for you. That's the first thing. Um, and so you, you were saying, what were you having problems with or like mapping out the entire season or mapping out days? No, I, I am fairly confident with my ability to like, I usually do it by month. Okay. Okay. Towards the end of the month, I'll plan out the next month or something yep. like that. Okay. But no, it's like individual practices where I feel I struggle with. Yep. So, so then maybe, maybe you got to come up with one or two key components of the specific practice that you need to work on. That's what we do. Like we know we're playing team X and their man team. We're going to really, that, that point of emphasis that week is really going to be working on our man offense, our man out of bounds plays, how we're going to break their man pressure. Um, Cause you probably know what the coaches are roughly going to do, right? That you're going to play against. Yeah. Yeah. For the so most part. Not, 
Yeah. Now, now that you've been through, so that I think that's what you got to do. I find it easier when I get when I get we'll practice like after school or something, go for a couple hours. I come home and I'll eat, and then I try to do the next practice plan when when that right away then, and it might even be jotting it down on a piece of scratch paper. You know, ooh, we got to work on this. We got to work on this. We got to work on this. And then I can always finalize it the next day. Um, but I don't. I I like to think about it for a couple hours before I go back and do it. And you just got to kind of book like twenty minutes every night and say, okay, I'm going to do my practice plan those twenty minutes. Especially if you have the whole month planned out and you know when you're going to get yeah. everything thrown in. Um, I just think it's easier. Is it the components of how much time to spend on things on the individual ones? Um, a little bit. I. Sometimes I struggle with, say, I want to work on something for 10 minutes, but the kids don't get it. So I feel like I need to spend an extra three minutes explaining it. Especially you don't, when you don't, you don't, do you, do you have a, access to a clock in the gym? Yep. Yep. I'd run it. And when the buzzer goes off, you move on. It's seriously, I, I mean, it's from, from someone's taught for 30 years. Trust me. They're not, those three minutes don't matter. It's similar to what I said about some, those three minutes don't matter. They're not getting it you got to think about maybe I'm not doing it the right way or I got to re I got to show them, you know, you got to, you got to do the do show all that kind of stuff that you learn in education. It's like, if it ain't working, you got to I mean, that's, that was hard for me earlier in my career too. That's why we always have a clock going and it's like, cause otherwise I'll sit and talk and I'll say, no, you should do this. And then we'll, all of a sudden I look up and we spent 20 minutes on out of bounds plays. And it's like, Whoa, you know, um, so I think that will help you keep moving. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying that. If you are, become a teachups.com member. Get your questions answered. You can send me a you can send me an audio, you can send me an email, you can do a one-on-one uh, -on -one call, you can do office hours, all those things are available to you. Go over and check it out, 14-day free trial. Also, stop the treadmill, get off, hit stop, make sure you jump off the treadmill, go go whatever you listen to on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen. Leave that five-star review. We really do appreciate that. All right, let's get back to the podcast. And then just, you got to cut your losses and come back to it the next day. Um, you know, you, you almost got to think about these kids where the world they live in, their intention span is is shorter than longer. Right, so is <laughs> so, mine. Yeah, it's Snapchat, man. It's all that. So it's like, that's what I'm, I've changed my practice plans from 30 years ago. Trust me. It's like, we come in, we do it. If they don't get it, we move on and we'll come back. We'll either watch film on it. We'll do something different the next day. Cause it's like beating a dead horse. It's not going to matter at this point. It's over. Um, so that's where you're probably losing stuff. And then all of a sudden you look at your practice plan, you've done three things rather than 13. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we've all done that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the clock is good. And, they, and you know what I found with the clock is they kind of know too. You know, they know there's only a couple minutes left. So they know, okay, we get to do something different next. You know, because um, you know you know what your plan is, but they don't roughly know what the times and stuff are. But it's on the clock and they're doing it. I, I have found it makes practice more intense um, for shorter spurts. Okay. I think that would help. Keep, I would, it would help keeping you moving, I think. That makes sense. It does. Um, next I have is roles. And I don't like, this is just my opinion. I was wondering about yours. Um, in middle school, seventh graders, I do you think it's important to implement roles, tell them what the roles is. Like, for example, this, this year, my team, I have at least one, if not two, maybe three, like kids that can go get their own basket. But I have kids that, I mean, they're, they're scores, but they're just not up to the level of 
say A and B. Right. And I just, I don't, I don't want to implement them in roles too young and think that they're stuck in that role. Right. Right. Um, so I think what you got to do is say, so you're worried about putting them in a, like putting a big into a big and they might not be a big. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're thinking? A little bit. And luckily for me, cause our varsity coach, he since heck since I was in junior high, we probably ran a four out one dribble motion. Right. And I just, I never really liked it. There wasn't off ball. There wasn't any off ball movement. It was all dependent on one-on-one scoring. And it just, I just didn't feel like you're putting very advantageous situations doing that. And he's wanted us to run it. But luckily the coach that had these kids in fifth and sixth grade, he, he ran, I mean, it was a five out, but it was just passing cut. So it was read and react, but it wasn't, I mean, there's just one level of it. So these kids, even the big, even the bigger kids can dribble and every, everybody can dribble really well. That's one big positive for these kids. And most of them can, can shoot from about 15 feet and some of them out to maybe a three point line. Okay. And that's what I'm planning on doing this year. Is yeah, yeah. The thing is, even if the, even if the varsity coach is using read and react, if you can run, re, if you can run or dribble drive, if you can run read and react, you can run dribble drive. It's just adding, mm-hmm. it's adding that kind of that curl, leaving the, you know, the, the straight line drives and all that kind of stuff. Um, no, I think that, I think I, I would play positionless basketball at your level for sure. That's, like, that's especially what I want to do. The yes. only thing that the only thing that I think they might struggle with is, say you're running a baseline out of bounds play. I don't know if they'll all know all five positions. That's that's the only position <laughs> I'm. Trust me, there's Division One guys that don't know all five positions. Trust me, I've talked to enough Not, coaches. They know like two. <laughs> yeah, and I. Like, that's the one thing I've learned from teaching kids this age is the simpler the better and i'm yes. sure that's the same in, with high school but. oh and it's even that even at the highest division one they'll know like two places and it's like mm-hmm. i i always tell them because usually there's two or three that know more than i said if you're freaking out throw the ball in at least you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know you got to know more than one position so you can make that a game too we've done that with out of bounds plays where we'll put them in two different groups and we'll say all right everybody's got to run out of bounds play four and then um uh, and then they run it, and then I say, go to a different position, run four again, and then go to another different position. So that way they got to know it, and then if they run it right, they get a point, and you kind of play a little competition where they got to go to all five spots. Um, so eventually they'll get there, but it takes time. Again, it takes time out of practice. You got to book mm-hmm. like five minutes to do that if you want to work on that. And I mean, well, we might have four, maybe five out-of-bounds plays and a couple and probably five set plays from our offense or quick hitters. But I just they're they are smart for their age, especially when it comes to basketball. But I just that's the only thing. Like but on defense, I I am thinking about experimenting with switching, for example, because I think we're gonna be athletic enough as long as maybe one of our big kids aren't in. We'll be athletic enough where I think we can switch. I just don't okay. know how that would do do with them fundamentally, because I know most most coaches want to I mean hedge hard and get over it yeah you know i i don't think switching switching is good because um i think switching is good because it makes them talk (laughs) yeah um and then the other stuff you know the problem is and i tell coaches this just teach them something well and then i can always teach them something else well as long as they're able to you know if you teach them only switching and then i teach them you know hedging that's fine as long as if they can do the switching that's great i can cross that off my thing 
And if they know that, then they can adjust to the other thing. Cause you know, who knows what's, who's going to coach them at different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I think I love switching. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's lazy. I think to do it well, you have to really communicate. Um, and then especially if you're, if you're, a lot of your kids are similar, I think that's a good thing to be switching. A lot of them are there. I probably have two kids that have slow feet, but it's just because they're a little heavier, but I mean, they're, they're my big guys. They're, I mean, one of them's probably almost, probably almost six foot, if not six foot already. Wow. And, but when those two aren't on the floor, I mean, most of them are good athletes. Most right. of them have decent size and they can switch. And right. And, the, and, take, the, and if you're worried, if you're worried about the switch hurting you, then you just pressure the ball a little bit more, especially at that age. Cause they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to be able to make the role and that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. What else? Um, with your read and react, I, I have the, these kids know the first progression, the passing cut. And yep. I was just wondering where, where should I go from there after they, after I feel like they have uh, do you, good do you grasp feel like they have all the, um, do you feel like they have all the um, positions getting to the positions and the curls and stuff like that down? N- not do you, say, what do you mean by that? Do you, you uh, do they know to fill the five spots? Yes. They, okay. I mean, they ran it pretty well last year for, I mean, 10 year olds. Okay. So, so that's good. So first, if they know the five spots and they know after they pass, they cut. Yep. Um, then I would work on, um, probably the overplayed work on backdoor cuts would be my next one. Okay. Um, now last year I ref like, I ref the fifth and sixth grade games for a little, just, yep. um, and they, last year their, their coach would yell their name and say drop. And if he, they did that, they knew the back cut, but I don't, I, they were almost robotic in a sense where they would always go to the five spots, which is good. And then they would just like their coach would almost take them step by step. This is what you do no matter what. Right. So I got to kind of, I want to program that, that a little bit, but then you can mm-hmm. also, you know, after you pass, you cut to the bass, it, it, but then you can start getting specific about, you know, if you make a pass from the point to the wing, what are you going to do? Well, then you're going to screen away. So, um, cause a lot of the passes come from the guy in the top of the key, probably mm-hmm. to the wing. So as soon as we do, we usually set a double screen away at that point um, with, the, with the possibility of a slip. So that's where you can, you can start getting a little bit more creative. It's like, all right, here's what's going to happen on this kind of pass. When we get a pass from the top of the key, we're going to screen away. Because um, that will give the, eventually if they do dribble drive or attack, that will, that will leave some options open for them. Okay. And now, so you think – so you're saying pass and screen away would maybe yep, be the so, second layer so, to it? Yeah. So I would say I and, and I want I would say definitely from the top to the wing. You know, if you pass from if you pass from the wing to the top, yeah, you could you could screen away. You could screen onto the bottom if you want. So you could always say if you pass. I mean, especially at that age, you could definitely do that. Like if you pass, here's where you should screen. Um, okay. Because the overplay would be the next step, probably in my progression, because. If we're if we're cutting, then they're going to overplay or they're going to try to jam us. So you know that that overplay causes problems. So it's like, well, if someone overplays you, you got a backdoor cut. That's an automatic. Um, so that would be my that would be the issue. Okay. Now, I was wondering about a zone press too, and like I said, most of my kids are. They have decent size, most of them. They 
pretty much all of them have good athleticism, quick feet. So I was wondering, I, I'm kind of in your boat. I know you don't really like the diamond press or you don't run it how everybody else does. I don't really like the diamond press because I've never, maybe right. it's just me not being able to teach it well. Yeah. But I, I just feel like more times than not, it's, it gets broken. It does. So I, it does. You got to push it back a little bit, but you could two, two, one. That would probably be a relatively easy one to do. Could you explain a little bit how to teach that? Yeah. So I would break it up. Um, and why are you zone pressing rather than man pressing? I will man press too, but a different look for one. And I feel is the two, the, so the one, two, two, that would be more of like a soft press and the two, two, one is more of a trapping press. Uh, I, probably, I mean, a one, two, two, one, two, two could be trapping and probably be a little less aggressive. A two, two, one is not super aggressive. Um, depending on where you're, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're keeping your back, if you, if you're two, two, oneing and you're starting at the free throw line and then put two guys at half court and one guy back, you're not going to give up many buckets, but I'm not sure you're going to get much turn, many turnovers either, unless you're super aggressive. Um, you know, you're pushing sideline on that. That's mm-hmm. why I, like, you're pushing sideline and you're taking the middles away. Yeah, I also feel like, I mean, just a, a zone press like that or the one two two would just throw a lot of kids off at 13 yes. years old. So, it's a, so, so you, you really got to – you don't even worry about the one guy. You just worry about um, the, 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 the box guys of the two two one, yeah. um, and and teach them. You just got to keep the ball in the middle. And that's the key. If you're at this age level, if you keep it out of the middle, you're going to get turnovers and you're going to get tempo like you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that's another thing. I want to play a tempo with these kids. Yeah. Too. So, so you got the two top guys. Well, if the one guy's pushing sideline, the other guy's taking the middle pass away. Yep. That's the easiest way to do it. The back guy takes the other middle or the sideline away. And then the back guy stays home. If you get more aggressive, the two, two, one, the one in the two, two, one comes up and actually helps with the trap. And then the other black guy comes back and protects the rim. But I wouldn't necessarily do that. I don't think at that age level, I think I would have the other guys trapping um, and kind of leave that one home as kind of your goalkeeper. <laughs> um, so you're kind of running a four man press and leave one okay. back to protect the rim. That way they can be a little bit more aggressive. They can push the side. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. I can draw some okay. stuff up for that too. That's on my list of things to do. Everyone keeps asking about the two, two, one. Okay. And that's another, like, I want to, I want these, I want to be able to run, I say multiple defenses. Yeah. And I'd run a run and jump. If you think you're all pretty athletic, except for a couple kids, I'd run and jump. Just teach them the rotations, teach them the angles. Mm-hmm. You They'll think from the back or the front or maybe both? You think both. I mean, I would run everything. Yeah. yeah. And then I'd practice that like, you know, three defenders, two offensive players and just work on the rotations because a lot of a run and jump is anticipating in angles. It really mm-hmm. is. And it's it's virtually impossible to, to scout against because um, <laughs> they're not going to know what you're doing. All of a sudden, you're right. just, you know. And then what I would also do is to put some straight man in, full court oh, man, yeah. no trapping. Because they won't know whether you're trapping one time or you're just playing full court man. Um, mm-hmm. I would pull both of those up. All right, last one here, and I gotta go. I got one at five fifteen. Okay. Um, right. We can do it. How do you, how do, sure. Oh, I'd love to. How yeah. do you teach the uh, mental part of the game? Oh God, I gotta do that in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what part of the mental game? 
Um, I, I want to say situations like maybe teaching kids sounds cliche, but thinking a player two ahead. Yeah. So you're, I mean, do you, I mean that if you're doing, if you want to talk about that and the actual game stuff, not the mental getting ready, all that, then the best teacher is, is film. The best teacher is sitting them in a room and making them watch it with you. That's I'm actually planning on doing that this year. We have a, we have huddle at our yeah. high school and our high school coaches allowing me to become or become a member of it with them for, I don't think it's any charge for them. Right. So I'm going to videotape it. Yeah, that, that, that's the perfect way because then you can share it with them. You can send them clips. You can basically, yes, that's, and, and there's nothing better than putting them, you know, and don't do it for an hour and a half, do it for 15, 20 minutes. As long as my film sessions are now for the most mm -hmm. part, unless it's a huge game. Now I'll give them like, you know, your garden, Johnny, and here's what Johnny's going to do. And here's some clips, go watch these. But when we're in film, it's like usually we're watching ourselves and then we're, you know, 10 minutes of us, 10 minutes of them. Let's go play. Um, okay. So keep it short. But that's that's where we'll be like, what do you think they're going to do on this? You know, that's where I'll stop. And we won't only talk the X's and O's, but we'll say, okay, what do you think they're going to do in this situation? What do you think is going to happen? So I throw it back out onto them so they have to start thinking about it because um, they're just playing to be honest mm -hmm. with you. That's what I was when I was a player. I wasn't thinking about that stuff. Um, exactly. But we didn't have that film at that point in my career. But, you know, that's what you get. That's how you kind of slowly get them thinking about those things. I think that will help a lot. Cool. All right. Yep. And watch uh, watch the Facebook thing we're going to do. Um, I'm going to do – I'm thinking I'm trying to do an office hour this week too, so you can jump on that. Um, I just got to figure out which day of the week I'm going to do that on. So. Is that right here on the Zoom? Yeah. I'll, 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 put, a, I'll put a Zoom link on the Facebook group, um, and I'll probably put it out on Wednesday's email too. Um, and then you can just join in, and there will be a bunch of coaches basically with the office hours. It's awesome. But cool. I'm going to start doing those that. more. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, thank Talk you. To you soon. Yep. No problem. Bye. Bye. Everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. Hope you're staying. Hope you're staying warm. Maybe you're south of the Mason Dixon line. I don't know. Um, couple things. First of all, go over and leave that five-star review. We would love that no matter where you listen. It takes 30 seconds. doesn't cost you a cent. If you want to help us out over at teachhoops.com, we would really appreciate that. Um, one way to give back is for you to become a member. Um, it allows us to give all this content to you on a regular basis. We hope you appreciate it on our YouTube channel, on our podcast, social media, every place that we're putting things um, teachhoops.com allows us to do that. So go over and check it out. 14 day free trial. We do do purchase orders. Talk to you later. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.